What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I wanted to just throw this in in the beginning. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. That really helps our numbers. Also, check out the merch store at brennantcomedy.com slash merch store to get your ex-drinking buddy merch. And if you really want to, subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash brennantassif. That really helps me out. Um, I'm so happy uh, to have everybody who listens. And thank you so much. Enjoy the episode. Grab me a beer and grab me a coat. We about to sit for an hour bullshit and tell jokes. And please don't mix it up because he didn't sober up. Brandon T. Comedy on your social media feeds. And Brandon Tess here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. I am your host, Brennan Tassif. If you're new to the program, quick rundown of the show. I used to be everyone's favorite drinking buddy. It's my favorite thing to do. Hang out with friends, do drugs, get drunk, get in all sorts of trouble. And then we would reminisce on those crazy old stories. I am sober now, but that is still one of my favorite things to do. Hang out with the guest and reminisce about the good old days. Most weeks I will be joined by a guest. This week is no exception. <laughs> All the way from New York City, Anya Jones. <laughs> Hi. <sighs> uh-huh, good. What's up? Well done. Hi, uh, glad to be here. Happy to have you. Yeah. Um, plug everything up front. Social media, anything you have coming out that's will come out in 10 days. Yeah. Anything you want to promote. Let Ten days. Know. Okay, yeah. not bad. Um, yeah, my name is Anya Jones. Um, I'm a stand-up comedian. You can find me on Instagram at Anya Jones. Jones with a zero. A-N-Y-A-J-0-N-E-S. Um, I try to post clips and stuff. And I and you can... So I, I run a podcast too, which I'd like to have you on actually. Absolutely. It's called Live and Unqualified. So um, I record it live. It's like a live comedy show that we do. Where yeah, I saw that on your social media. I wasn't. I yeah. was. So that's a podcast. Yeah. So uh, standups do a set, and then they sit down, and I psychoanalyze them. Okay. They tell me about like bad shit that's happened. Because you are incredibly smart, and we're going to get into that. Uh, stops. Uh, no. I I would like to. I'm not smart anymore. I, Former professor I'm done. Oh, over okay. here. <laughs> I love this, by the way. I love to pretend to hate it. And I actually love it. I do the same thing when I'm out with friends because I was a scrub athlete. Like I was barely on the team in college. Yeah. But I'll be hanging out with friends and like someone will really like college football. They go, you know, Brennan played division one college football. They're like, oh my God. And I'm like, and you'll be like, no. Stop. Yeah. No. Yeah. Alfred Morris. I played with him 10 years in the NFL. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the show, tell everybody when the show is. Do you do it on a regular basis? Um, It's semi-regular. Uh, okay. So it was a monthly and then I went through a breakup and so I asked I like begged the venue to book me for every possible date so then it became like a weekly sometimes more frequent than a weekly you can find the dates on lifeofanya.com um, which is my website I got a bunch of shit on there and the Instagram is at live and unqualified okay so yeah okay. we got shows in October and November almost on a weekly basis but it's not a it's not always a specific day okay and you can find it on all podcast streaming services beautiful well I appreciate you coming on um, I wanted to talk since it is your first time on the show. I wanted the listeners to kind of get to know you. Do you get repeats? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. Good. Like well, now that's my goal. Okay. Yeah. Go I've ahead. got uh. Yeah. I've had. Well, one of them I had to take down, which I told you about outside. Yeah. They were like, "Hey, can you pull my episodes?" And I was like, "All right." So, I guess I'm down a repeat guest. But yeah, I've had uh like one of my best friends, Marcus Crespo, who I featured for a lot in the southeast. He he's been on like seven times. 
<laughs> he's like my best buddy. But uh, yeah, we get we get people back on all the time. So if there's not enough time to get all the stories in, don't even worry about it. We'll have you back. Hell it's gonna yeah. be a thing. Um, but tell everybody, kind of, I start every episode this way, where you're from, how you got into stand-up, like that whole, like not, some of the stories, if you think of something, we'll get into it, but kind of how you ended up here in this moment at this table talking to me. Um, are you a very spiritual dude? Uh, kind of. I can tell. Yeah. Um, I love stories. I majored in history. Like the how yeah. things become what they are is fascinating to me. Yeah. Like one wrong turn and all of a sudden... You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, it's wild. Like, the other night, just a little aside, what I mean by that, I moved to New York to do stand-up, and I wait tables. I only work three or four days a week, max. And you'd be shocked how often, not even just by happenstance, like, someone involved in comedy gets sat in my section, and I'm like, yeah. that's bananas. Yeah. One of my managers calls it kismet, but I'm just always like, nah, it's because I'm destined to be great. <laughs> it's because you're not Jewish. Uh, yeah, I don't. you don't call it kismet. Yeah, is that is yeah. That, okay? It's a Jewish term. I yeah, I think so. I'm, right? Yeah, I'm. All, it's Yiddish. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But it's just so I'm fascinated with that. So because of some of the stories you told me and what we're going to get into about you being a formerly being a professor, you know, growing up in Massachusetts and everything like that, how you got here is oh, something. I was born and raised in Moscow. Oh, see, that's here we go. I was born and raised in Moscow. On a cold winter's night. It's every day in Moscow. Is a cold I, <laughs> I'm joking. I was born in June. No, Moscow gets warm. I, okay, so I was oh, born. Oh, yeah, because we were at that, that show that one time and I got on stage and I said, Ochim Priyatna. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was you. Yeah. I yeah, learned yeah, that from yeah. Burn Notice. I don't really yeah? speak Russian. Yeah. No, I know you don't speak Russian. I'm sorry. Um, no, don't be sorry. Don't be sorry. Um, I was born and raised in Moscow and uh, it was around the time of the Soviet collapse. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that was the wave of immigration that happened, like in the late 90s and the early thousands. There's a there's a whole wave of it's called the brain drain of Russians that came over. Yeah. And so my family was one of those. Okay. And then um, I hated America immediately okay. <laughs> and for a long time. Not now, though. What's not, your not stance now. now on America? <laughs> it's the same. It's the it's the same. Russia's still the best. Russia number one. <laughs> Um. Uh, yeah, we don't have to talk about Ukraine. I do on stage, though. I'm out of all the Russian comics that I know. I'm the only one talking about. I um. I'm gonna get in a lot of trouble. Nah. So, <laughs> so I kept running back to Moscow. Like, oh, so when you we kept going. Here. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, any chance I get, I'm like, I'm going back. How I'm old gonna... were you when you got here? I was five for the first time. So how? What's this running? How are you getting back? I mean, I would like at five. You don't have a travel agent, so I'm assuming. Right. Um. Okay, well, around that time is when I started developing like a separate life in my mind from my parents. Okay. Like I started lying more. Um, it was less. It was. It was even like less conscious, but just more of like I'm distancing myself from whatever's going on. Um, but my grandparents, a lot of family, stayed in Moscow. Okay. So like I would beg them to send me back for the summer. And then I would miss my flight coming back. And you would just stay. <laughs> yeah, like for a few months until they ha until they like forced me back on the plane. Um, into like a few months later. Yeah. Back into. New how many York. times did you do that? I mean, I would go back every year. Okay. And then how many times did I miss my flight? A, a couple. Like every every other year, you're like, <laughs> nah, I'm gonna stay this time. So from the age of like five to nineteen, Jesus. I would, yeah, I was back there every year. It was almost, it was like a lot of the time. Yeah. yeah. And then emotionally, like I was there. Um, why, from 19 till now, why did you decide well, to Well, then stay? I had to go to college. Okay. 
And then I... You had to. <laughs> well, I mean, I chose to go to college, but it was also, you know, some maturing and I, I had to, like, I... Well, that I, was the reason why I asked is because you're 19. You could just go back to Russia if you wanted yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yes. So There had I, to have been a shift in something. I was extremely conflicted. Okay. Because uh, I did all my education here. So... It was a lot. This is a like a whole big thing, but I was really conflicted also because at the time, like, so in my entire lifetime, I saw Russia go from like Soviet Union collapses. The in Russia we call it the bloody nineties because it was literally blood in the streets, mm. like it was just violent time. And then the early thousands through now has been like a slow. Putin brought us up off our knees. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a slow rebuild, you know, like a climb. They literally say that. Putin. Yeah, no, I know. I, <laughs> You've heard it? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, my, uh, I double majored in American history and then political science with an emphasis on foreign affairs. I'm originally from, my family's from the Balkans, so I, I'm yeah. very well versed in Russia and the Balkans. And really? All yeah. All right. Well, not not compared to you. You're from there, but no, uh, no. But that's compared the thing, to the average American, I'm very. Aware you're probably of. much more versed in a lot of like the political actual history because that people put that on me all the time. Like you're, you must be. I I'm just like a normal citizen. I don't. I know as much about Russian politics as I do about American politics. You yeah, know that's I mean? the thing. So not much. If people. It's funny because there's people in my family, mainly my twin sister Hannah. Shouts out. Uh, she's a Patreon listener. I love her to death. But like when a lot of like something when something will happen politically, especially when I just finished school, she'd call me and be like, what does this mean? And I go read the I don't know. Like, what are you taught? Like, yeah, yeah. I studied international affairs. Like, yeah. I don't know what what's happening in Orlando. Like, yeah. But so I'm sure you get that a lot when like, especially when Russia yeah. and Ukraine happen, people are like, what is happening? And you're like, yeah, that people are asking know. me about nukes. Like, <laughs> I'm not in charge. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. That happens a lot. So basically, I was conflicted, and I was going to school for physics at that time, which was one of the few things that I really cared about. And I just, I, I in a way, I maybe I chickened out. Maybe I just should have gone. But what I, what I was saying is like, the life that I had in America and the life that was available in Russia, I just like, um, I just knew I would, it would be, uh, really hard at best. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. no, I, I, get what you're I just chickened out. You kind of weighed the pros and cons, and you were like, well, I. If I was braver, I would have gone. You're brave for staying. <laughs> Is it over? So, you decide to go to school um, in physics. Yeah. Where did you go? Double major physics and math, Syracuse University. Shouts out the big orange. Yeah, go Cuse. Yeah. What drew you <laughs> to physics? Um, I mean... I asked because my I was telling you outside my older brother's got his PhD in chemical engineering. He's mm -hmm. very much like it's very much specific people go into the sciences. I feel like like people well, first are very of all, curious people looking for answers. I in can't a very read. Specific way. Okay, <laughs> you're dyslexic. No. Oh, you just don't. You just. I just I refuse. It doesn't. Oh, okay, <laughs> you just won't read. I mean, I won't because I can't. Yeah, I got you. I'm not dyslexic, but I. I can't, uh, all the other majors required a lot of reading and I can't read and I don't like to, I li like, I like to write, but then I never got good grades in writing. So mm -hmm. I was like, you, whatever you guys are writing, it's bullshit. Yeah. I'm not into it. So. That's how I feel when I'm at open mics a lot. <laughs> whatever you guys are writing. <laughs> yeah. So like physics and math, I, 
This is the this is my this is the the reason that I react to the way I did to people calling me smart is because it's like you don't understand how little effort I yeah. put into things. I do have a natural aptitude for math and and physics and formulas, and that partially comes from the Russian background, just because math and physics are. It, you don't even have to be smart to get it. They teach it in a way that's easy to understand. Okay, I see And I'm saying. a tutor now for math and physics, and I like, get a lot of high schoolers and college students. And I'm telling you, like, I see the material that they're given, and I see the homeworks, and I see the lectures that they're given. I know all of their curriculums. They're, it's taught to them in a way that it's like, like they're trying to ruin it. Yeah. Like they want you to not understand it. It's just taught extremely poorly in the United States. Compared to the Soviet Union, like the math and physics, the way that it was taught there is just like it it predisposes itself. It, it they make it easy. Yeah. They don't make it, they don't complicate it. So I, you know, I had that background from my parents. All my all my parents and grandparents are all PhDs and scientists. Oh, wow. Um my grandpa's a nuclear physicist for the government he's not allowed to leave he's like he's a very high-ranking secretive guy oh i'm not supposed to say this (laughs) we're gonna walk Um, out of here in a van's gonna pull up yeah oh don't listen fbi don't go after my grandpa um or whatever who it is i don't know who it is cia that'd be the nsa (laughs) okay yes thank you so, like, fun be- fact: the CIA can only operate on foreign soil, and the FBI can only operate on domestic soil. Do you know that? No. Yeah. So it'd be the NSA or the CIA to go yeah. after him, because he's back in Mother yeah. Russia. Well, you know, don't. We're getting off track. Anyway, he's old. He's gonna go on his own real soon. Don't. <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> I am. Um, no, so. I'm worried they're gonna go soon. But anyways, so. uh like physics and math was just, it was the most interesting option because I do, I like the justice of physics and math. Like you're, you're right or you're wrong. It's yeah. just, it's much harder. And that's why I like comedy too, is there's a justice to it. Either mm-hmm. they're laughing or they're not. Yep. So I didn't like the subjectivity of everything else, but it was also just the only shot that I had at like, I never did homework. I never did schoolwork, but in physics, most of your grade depends on the test that you take. So I would just derive everything during the test. Yeah, that was um, that I I've, I've talked about that before on the show, but I did poorly in high school because it was a lot of busy work. And then when I got into college, I was taking, you know, junior and senior level courses as a freshman because I was so interested in political science and history that I was just signing up for these harder cuz I was like I'm not going to fucking take appreciation of music. Like I want to take like classes. Yeah. And it was just two tests and a paper. And so, yeah. like, it was, you know, you do well on the test. And I like writing. I loved writing papers, especially based on historical events, because, again, I love stories. So, yeah. for me, it was fun. So, it was college was so much easier than high school. Because yeah. in high school, it was all super easy work, but it was all this busy work. And I'm like, I'm not fucking doing this. Yeah. And then I got into college, and it's like, just show up. Take notes if you want. Don't. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Like, and then just take the test. Yeah. And it's not, like, I, it's not that... um. So I was not capable of reading books, writing papers. I was not capable of, I would have loved to do the physics homework, but I just, I literally couldn't because like all the time that I wasn't in class, I was in my mind, like I was, I was nuts. I was, um, I think the term that you guys would use is mentally ill, but I, <laughs> I don't, I don't like that Borderline. characterization. I was, um, uh, uh, you know. Creative. Spiritually awake. There you go. <laughs> So I was not even capable of sitting down 
to do to concentrate for longer than five minutes. I was I was nuts. I was insane. I was running around. I was doing some drugs here and there. Here and there. But I most that was mostly grad school. I okay. Oh, grad I school t- was. I say it all the time. My because uh, my brother is so smart. When people always go like, "Oh, that's cool. You have a smart brother." I go, "Eh, cool is not the word I'd use to describe it." And yeah. then people go, "What do you mean?" I go, "Have you ever seen a beautiful mind?" Uh, where he's like talking to himself and right, and they're like, "Yeah," I'm oh, like, "Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like that." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, that's not cool." Yeah, no, it is. It is really like that. It is. It really do. Be the way like he that. sees the world is just astonishing to me. And I'm sure you're a very of a very similar disposition <laughs> where it's like, it's like, "Hey guys, we're just gonna go down to the you know the open mic and tell some jokes," and like he's like, like constantly his brain's yeah. turning and working and. I see a lot of numbers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I do. So um, what um when you you so you go into school, you go into physics and then you said you got into you ended up in grad school. When did you start doing comedy? So my uh I guess mathematically, I guess like first or second year of grad school. Okay. Yeah, basically this whole uh like genius persona that I'm putting forward that just effortlessly got a math and physics BS. Um, I, I, I plateaued at grad school. Like my, my attitude was not enough or like whatever I was doing, it was enough to coast through college and then it wasn't enough to coast through grad school. So, um, you see it all the time everywhere, whether it's sports or comedy or anything like that. It's like, yeah, you, you were able to get by, but now we're playing at a different level Yeah, you gotta, you gotta come to play. It really, yeah, it really was. And so whenever that bottomed out and I started, also I started dating a guy right when I got to grad school and he was in my program and there was like a love triangle between us and another chick in the program and that whole thing just exploded. So it was like emotional. Trials hard. exploding. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? Science. <laughs> he exploded in too many different ways. Hey. Um, and so that like was emotionally hard. He's dead now. And <laughs> comedy um so all of that led to like a bunch of drugs a lot of nervous breakdowns what kind of drugs and that's where i found comedy okay she's always there at the bottom of a nervous breakdown (laughs) um okay so i uh, first of all my i'm very sensitive to drugs i need like a little a low dose um yeah you and we don't get along very well Best drug ever. Okay. I have to be sober off of it now. And that's how you know it was good. Yeah. So it was a lot of weed. And so that I was saying that to say that um, I knew, thank God, I had some druggy friends when I was in high school. I started partying really young. Yeah. And I had a bunch of older skeezy friends that taught me about a lot of things. Um, <laughs> they made me promise them that I wouldn't do cocaine until I was 25. Okay. For I don't even keep promises, but for some reason I... That's smart though. That's not a... Yeah, for some reason, I just believed them. Like, I felt that that made sense. And then once I got to 25, I was like, I just don't need to ever do cocaine. <laughs> I just um, don't want to do it. I, I, that, the, the person that told me that, shout out to Dina. She probably saved my life. Cute shout out, Dina. <laughs> yeah. We'll tag oh, her in the episode. Dude, I was like 14 years old. She was 26, and we would party together. It was, it was the, I don't know what the fuck she was doing, but it was the best for me. That sounds like a blast. Yeah, it was. No, it, I'm not it even was. being condescending. Like it, it really does. was. Because I think about it now, like because I was, I didn't have a lot of friends growing up. I was always bullied and stuff, and so I would spend a lot of times just by myself. 
But I saw my like sisters who were like pop, both incredibly popular. And so was my brother, but he was so much older. It was kind of out by the time I was like, could recognize it, but they would like go to parties and they'd be like sneaking booze and weed and like going out on the weekends. And I'm like, God, that looks like so much fun. Yeah. So just imagine doing that with like, a much older person where it's like, yeah, we're yeah. going to go to the club. And you're like, are we? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you try to contain your excitement. Seem cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you said you bottomed out, nervous breakdown, got into comedy. Yeah. How did that start? Are you at Syracuse at grad school? Where'd you go to grad school? I went to grad school at UMass Amherst. UMass Amherst. Shouts out the <laughs> Pioneers, Coloniers, something like that. Oh. Uh, What's their mascot? Minutemen. Minutemen. I knew it was something like that. Bang. So where did you start going to mics? That's embarrassing, right? Minutemen? No. Do you know what the Minutemen represents? I looked it up once. There's some kind of pie, pie, pilgrim. There were the militia that defeated the army of England, the greatest army the world's ever known. That's great. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> Americans don't know anything. Yeah, we know how to win a war. I've never heard them referred to as the Minutemen before. That's what they were but referred to back then. I'm all right. I'm right, and you, I you're right, and I'm wrong. I just always no. You're it was right. Dumb. <laughs> if there's one thing I learned growing up in an Eastern European household, you never get an, a Russian angry at you. You're absolutely right. I think you're a genius. If you want to get me angry, we can talk about World War II, but I don't recommend it. <laughs> you're welcome, world. That's all I'll say for now. That's all I'll say. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are you fucking 20 million dead? Are you kidding me? So Go ahead. <laughs> Detail, Japan? We fucking... Uh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> no, so let's talk about how did you get into comedy? Did you like comedy? Were you yes. around it? Did you watch stand-up? Like, how did comedy it. come up? I watched stand-up in high school and college. I watched it a lot. I remember like the first time I saw Louis C.K. and it was around the time that he was blowing up like nationwide. Yeah. <laughs> and privately. <laughs> hey. I still love him. He's the king. Yeah. Um and uh but I never really thought about doing it. I just loved comedy cuz it was like so, like the way some people love music, that's yeah. the way I love comedy. I'm the same way. I, I don't even really love music. In fact, I I hate music. Um and then, uh, okay, so, <laughs> so, uh, and then, um, the this is the way all major decisions in my life happen is, uh, like they'll be brewing in my subconscious. I'm not aware of them, and then one day it just like crystallizes. So basically, I thought my whole life I'd be a physicist. There was no doubt. I just I wanted to do physics, and I saw my whole life as a physicist, and I knew nothing else. At like from early teenage years. Yeah, and we've all seen the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> I've been holding on to that one since you told me you did physics. My sister calls me Sheldon. I hate it. I uh, I'm not offended as a, a very... physicist. I'm offended as a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> He's a very sweet man. I'm sh oh I'm Jim sure. Parsons. Sweet is not a concern of mine. Yeah. I'm sure he's very sweet. He's a super nice guy. Um, and then I'm sure you have a story of how you know him, which I'm not going to let you tell. Um, no, no laugh. Okay, I'm sorry. Cut that out. That was just mean. I <laughs> no, it wasn't. It's very true. The listeners so, are probably like, "Thank God." <laughs> so, um, I was convinced that I would be a physicist up until like just with great certainty, and then when within three sigma. I got. It. Okay. I don't know um, what, that mean. what does it mean. It's they'll get it. They'll get it. 
Three sigma. Okay. Um, and then I was a particle physicist. And then once I like had nervous breakdown after nervous breakdown, just realized grad school is not working out. Um, that same day, I decided, okay, I'm never, I'm just not doing physics anymore. Period. Oh wow, just like from a hundred percent, I'm a physicist to just no, I'm out. Yeah, I'm out. And then, like for a few days, I was in personal crisis. And then that I was, I then eventually I was like, well, what am I gonna do? Because I'm not the kind of person that's like, I'll just hang out and figure it out. Yeah, I, I can't do that. So then I was like, what am I gonna? What's the point of my life now? What What am I gonna do? I'm very much that person. What's yeah. the point of what are we doing? Yeah. Like then what are we doing? I'm I yeah, cuz I'd have to kill myself otherwise. Well, well yeah, when people are like, "Oh, you know, I'm just going to figure it out." I'm like, "Figure what out?" Like just go do it. Like what are we what are we talking about? Yeah, it better I mean, I not to toot my own horn, but I feel beep, I beep. <laughs> I um consider myself to be Joan of Arc. <laughs> so, you like horses? <laughs> no. No. No, I don't like horses at all. Oh, I No, I mean, I don't dislike them, but I'm not a horse. Anyway, so I woke up <laughs> out of my crisis of I'm not a physicist anymore. What am I going to do with my life? And I just, I don't know how or why, but I just decided I'm a stand-up comedian. Okay. Had not gotten to a single open mic. So you did it. You did it before <laughs> I did it. I waited two open mics before I was like, I'm a comic. You were like, I'm a comic. No, I'm just, yeah. I was like, whatever Louis is, I'm that. Oh, you're going to do that. So, well, maybe not <laughs> Which is, whatever Louis is. No, I'll do all of it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> so um, uh, how did what what'd you do? Did your f- first open mic was in Mass. How yeah. did you find it? Like, yeah. what, how did you? This is the the little I'm details are too. what I'm obsessed with. So, like, you wake up, yeah. you're a comic. Now, now, what happens? What do you do? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I I have to be like toxically positive sometimes. So for I've been doing so that was seven years ago. So for seven years, like most of the time, I've just been like. You know, you have to lie to yourself, tell yourself that I'm like Louie. I'm like Carlin, you know, yeah. which is like, you're so not. You're so, Lenny so Bruce not. Lenny Bruce is my guy. Yeah, I like Lenny Bruce. I love Lenny. I don't even really like Carlin. I like, I love him, but I, Lenny Bruce is the shit. Yeah. Um, so if I, I, if I ever bomb, I'm always just like, Lenny Bruce bombed all the time. Like, because he was saying something. He was making people think. That's what I'm doing. And then, yeah. and then it hits me and I'm like, oh, no, you just suck. <laughs> Yeah, and I do. I really do. No, me. I mean, me. No, no, say, you. Yeah. But yeah, you. you yeah, for but sure. Me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, 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 no. Um. Me. So I was in Amherst at UMass Amherst, and then uh, Northampton is right next door. Okay. And I was really lucky that they have a really cool little comedy scene, and there was an open mic every Wednesday and Sunday. At Bishop's Lounge. Shout out Bishop's Lounge. Shout out Bishop's Lounge. I puked all over that place. Over the course of like two years. That's one of the stories. Yeah. Okay. So I was lucky and I don't, I have no idea how I heard about it or found it, but I found that mic and I started going just religiously. And there were maybe like one other mic in the whole area at the time, but basically every Wednesday and Sunday and up until then I would just be writing jokes. Um, and I, I moved in and they let me stay at the university and teach. So that's when I taught for two years. Okay. They didn't, because I like had to stop doing research and- um, and stopped taking classes. But that's when I started, that's when I went into drug party mode. I was living with my best friend who actually like just a few days ago deployed to the Middle East. Oh, wow. Um, She's in the Air Force. And I was living with her. She loves partying. And that's like, it's good to have a partner in crime. Oh, yeah. Drinking buddy. Um, And then we would go to these open mics. Drinking buddy. Um, 
and uh so would she perform as well or was she just no with you? no she was like she's like my jewish writer okay she would like help me write my jokes but she's not an artist at all okay um and we would go hang out and then like continuing in the drug haze just a lot of weed some mushrooms a lot of weed some alcohol i don't even i'm not like an alcoholic at all but just you know it, it just by proximity you drink yeah well, and then almost... i would go and teach class yeah um and yeah that was my life for like a year and a half it was it was great when did you decide to move to new york um was it because of comedy i okay yes 100 percent. i oh i forgot about this my plan was i knew i wasn't good enough for new york uh what i like i had this idea that you should be strong when you come to new york which i guess a lot of like people that want to move here think that that's a mistake Everybody's bad here. That's what I I, I was like. Oh, I got to build an hour, get the podcast going. Yeah, then yeah, yeah. Build an hour. Jeez, and then vicious. I got here and I was like, "Hey guys, I'm ready." And they go, "Open mics for that yeah, one." And I go, yeah, "No, no, exactly. no. I just did open yeah. mics for like the last yeah. decade." They're like, "Yeah, you're gonna keep doing them, asshole." And I was like, "Yeah, All right, cool." Yeah, you'll be lucky to stop. Yeah. Um, I was gonna move to Philly, so I basically I decided like I was gonna try to do some kind of like small physics adjacent job just because like i have the degree and everything yeah. so why not do that i applied to a bunch of jobs in philly i was going to go to philly and thank god i didn't i only applied to one job in new york and i got it oh sick and that was columbia university so then i lived um were you doing uh like professor were you doing professor work or no doing... i went back to research okay um i went back to like essentially continuing like my master's work um of particle physics research through okay. Columbia University. And then they had like, this is also such a long story, but they had a, <clears throat> they own a mansion, Alexander Hamilton's mansion. And I lived in it. It's like uh, in Westchester. So I was close. I was so close to New York. I had a car and I would do research there. I did, I was high the whole time. And I'm sorry to everybody that I worked with because that that was probably the worst year of my life. And, and in terms of like who I was as a person, I was a bad employee. I, it was like, I am sorry. I am sorry. Tell them. I can't look them in the eye. Um, and I, uh, and so, and and yeah, all I cared about was comedy. I was smoking so much weed. I was high a hundred percent of the time. My work was such a such a poor quality. And then I would like go to open mics and tell people like, yeah, I'm a particle physics researcher from Columbia. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I get Just, on stage and say I'm a Division One athlete. So tomato, tomato, right? Yeah. Yeah. And oh, uh, <laughs> are you? Yeah. I mean, technically on paper, yeah. Um, just a pompous ass. I'm I was the worst. And so that so I would like drive in from Mike's, I would go to the Creek and Cave. It was the closest. Yeah. Creek and Cave was the best. Oh no. Um, they're in Austin now. Yeah. I was there for the opening. Oh, were you? Yeah. How was it? Ali awesome? Sadiq. Was it was it sick? yeah, it was sick. It was really cool. I really miss Creek and Cave in New York. There's not anything that's filled that niche, I yeah. think. Um, and so I lasted at that job for like a year and they hated me. I hated them. I left and then I moved to Brooklyn. So that okay. was about five years ago. Okay. So now it brings us to uh present day. Yeah. Just rocking comedy, doing the podcast. Yeah. So in the last five years, like I moved to New York, I immediately got into a relationship. Yeah. That's um, smart. It, it was. And I was with that man for five years. Oh, really? Okay. And that 
one of my. I'm not being sarcastic. Like, no, seriously. New York is a very difficult city. Yeah. So to come here alone, but especially for comedy too, yeah. like because okay, one of the problems I had in the North Northampton scene is I slept with everybody. Yeah, get some. <laughs> I did. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm, you know, I think my mother would say it's not as cute as you think it is. <laughs> but she's right. How would you say that in Russian? Um, I, you wouldn't. I made it up. Okay. <laughs> but she, um, yeah. No, she'd say the same effect, but I don't know how she would say it. Um, so anyway, I have a weak... This is one of my addictions is men. I have an addiction for male attention, um, which is a big problem. <laughs> um, and uh, that's fine, but comics you have to see all the time. Yes. And so then what you know what you don't want is like now there's a show that you have to avoid and there's a mic that you have to avoid. You have to figure out who's on the lineup before you yeah, commit to something. Oh God, because, it's the yeah, worst. And yeah. so my boyfriend, who was a saint, kept me safe from all of that. That's awesome. Um, and I broke up with him like a month ago. So I don't know how. We're in uncharted waters. Yeah. Yeah. And he really, it was really the best thing. Yeah. So that brings me to present day. Um, I don't know what the fuck to do. All the people I, because all the people I know are comics. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Maybe join a class or something. A class? I don't know. That's what people tell people when they need to find new people. I don't know. I do comedy. That's it. Yeah. Everyone I know in New York is either a comic or I've met via work. I think I would like, yes, joining a class is great. I'm not going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, I think that. Uh, what I would like to figure out really is um, how to be so honorable all the time uh, that I just have no shame no matter where I am or who I'm around. Yeah. Do what I want all the time, do it honorably and honestly, and then no matter who is involved, I have... I just don't want to have like places that I can't go. Yeah, absolutely. That's so one if, of the things... I mean, completely beside the point, but that's one of the things that... Uh, in my experience through AA taught me because I had so many places where it's like, I can't go there cause I got wasted and like peed on the bar. And it, what it taught me through the steps is like, no, you make your amends, you've, you've clear out all the wreckage and now I can go anywhere I want and people will see me. And there's no more that fear of like, Oh yeah. Didn't I flirt with his wife when he wasn't around? Yeah. Like all that's gone now. Yeah. So I, I, Obviously, you're not an alcoholic, but I understand that sentiment of wanting to be able to just walk freely throughout the world. I mean, with men, for sure. Like, I will. And so, and I think with women, women, I don't know, but I think women are more emotionally vulnerable with men. You haven't hung out with me. One (laughs) one night stands. So, like, (laughs) I, yeah, I suspect that it might just be more equal than people pretend it is. But my goal is, anyways. I'm not going to announce my goal. Actually. Okay. <laughs> Let's uh, go back in time. You said you started uh, partying at a young age. 11. 11. Is that when you first started smoking weed or drinking or what were you doing? I didn't smoke weed until my last year of college. Okay. Um, a lot of alcohol. Was that in Russia or was that here? Um, you know, it was mostly here. Cause when really? I was, yeah. When I was in Russia, I like I spent a lot of... I It just wasn't... Russia's a lot more like... America can be more wild. Yeah. 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 Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah. America can be much more wild. I did all my drinking. It's all the freedoms we enjoy. (laughs) 
Nailed it. So it's you not always it the right thing. It out. Freedom is, I'm rushing and I'm here hey. to tell you, freedom is not always what you need. If there's one thing I learned from the Avengers series, it's when Loki gives that whole big speech about you were made to be, what is it? You were made to be subjugated. He gives that whole speech about people want to be told what to do. People want to be led. Want? Fuck what you want. You need it. You need to be led. Yeah. Yeah. Free. I mean, look at. Okay, I'm not going to talk to you about American freedom. Go ahead. I started drinking when I was 11. <laughs> Fuck how, American freedoms. How did that happen? How did you? Uh, at 11, were you like, "Hey, what's in this cabinet?" Or were you hanging I out had with people? A friend. Or? Always a friend. It wasn't Dina, was oh, it? Oh no, I met her a few years later. But shout out to Jane. Jane? Um, yeah, Jane was my age, and she was in the... It, we were just... We were the same. We were both Russian immigrants um, that hated America and wanted to... <laughs> and wanted to just, like, run and be wild and be, be you know... Be grow, free. Be mature. <laughs> yes. And so she lived, like, in the town next to me. We didn't go to the same school. Um, but she became my best friend, and we... Uh, I like a friend of a friend this is in was Massachusetts? older. This is in New Jersey. I New went Jersey. to high school okay. in Jersey. So we got like a friend of a friend who's older to buy us uh, alcohol. Yeah. With our allowance money. Of course. Bought us like a bunch of vodka. And then me, her, and like some of her friends. God, how stereotypical. No tequila, no whiskey. You guys went with vodka. Yeah. I just, yeah. 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 I tequila that's funny you say that because I wouldn't have never thought of that but like as an 11 year old I would never I'm pretty good at this folks <laughs> I would have never considered tequila like well I, that's I mean it would have been vodka or wine and I just felt vodka yeah, vodka which, yeah would you get, yeah it was the obvious do you choice. remember what kind of vodka you got um say Smirnoff it may Please have been Smirnoff, Smirnoff or Stoli yeah I don't know yeah <laughs> I don't to exactly. the Kremlin <laughs> No, what is it? No, how do you say cheers? I Nostrovia. mean, that's so you guys think we say Nazdarovia, but um, most we don't. I, it's sometimes said. It's sometimes said. What do you say? Um, I mean, Russians drink say, the fucking vodka. We <laughs> Russians say a toast. That's the other thing about Russian drinking. So I learned to drink with Jane, but also like when I was a little bit older, when I was 13, 14 with my parents and with all of their friends. Mm -hmm. And Russian drinking is fucking like. It's beautiful. Like there's a culture to it. There's an order. There's rules. There and it, and they're not rules to like for rules. They're rules that make sense. Yeah, same thing. You know, with and like like you drink and you have to eat a little bit because you're. It's not. And then Americans drink like fucking animals. Like you guys are fucking <laughs> barbarians. It's just. It's like like we're like Russians. The way they drink is like we're trying to fall in love, and Americans are just giving blowjobs outside the movie theater, like. <laughs> It's it's fucking it's disgusting like uncultured swine you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm gonna get so much trouble for posting this episode. <laughs> you know what I'm so like, it's sloppy. What you guys do is sloppy. It is. I agree with you. I, I'm, you know, I'm second generation. So I, my grandparents, I grew up around a very, they're Eastern European, so we come from a very drinking there's a culture to yeah it. it's a very heavily drinking household but there's there's rules like you yeah. said and they're almost like guidelines like they're not rules to be rules they're rules because like you said it makes sense it's not just rules it's a culture yeah like american drinking has do you guys drink um do you drink uh uh shlivo? i don't know What's if that's like, so shlivo vitsa it's a it's a pear brandy but it's like firewater it's super strong and it's very popular in like pear the former brandy. yugoslavia 
We um, might have a name for it. I I have not had it. No, but it's incredibly strong. It's like a hundred proof and pear so, brandy. Cool. Yeah, so we would do it. A hundred proof. Yeah, like it's super strong. Um, and so we would do it. So basically, you would come in the house, and if we were celebrating or mourning, either or, the whole reason we were together, you would do a shot. Everyone would do a shot together. Then you would go about the festivities, and you drink your wines and stuff. And then you would do another. But it was very ordered to it. It's not like yeah. we come in and just pour yeah, shots yeah. and just start banging shots. Yeah, which is interesting because yeah. as a second generation, that's how me and my siblings were. Yeah, because we were Americanized enough to where. So we'd get around our, our family mm-hmm. for an event mm-hmm. and like grandma would bang out a shot of Schlievo and we're like, fucking let's party. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, that's what we do to like start the festivities. Yeah. But because we were all Americanized, we're like, no, we're, we just saw Bubba do a shot. We're doing shots. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. as the kids, we would just start railing them, not yeah. realizing that there was an order to it. I think as a culture, like, and I, I don't know, I don't like it when people simplify this, but like as a culture, America is so much younger. So it, it literally acts like the teenagers yeah. sometimes. But like Russian drinking is like, you know, Thousands a seasoned man, yeah, yeah. you know? And then America is just like, shots, shots. Like, I have a whole bit about how America is very much like a, like a new money kind of country. Like it's very much like yeah. we just got here and we're like, yeah, what's yeah. up, guys? Totally, totally. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to so, party. So what Russians say when we drink is, I mean, you say a toast. This is really the stuff that I learned when I was like 13, 14. 15, yeah, 16, when you were getting older, yeah. when I, <laughs> an old drinker by the time I was 16, I, and I was like, and I was partying then too because I was in high school, but I would like, I had a whole double life outside of high school. I was sleeping with older men, and it was okay. a whole. Was this whole uh, thing. when you say double life? Was it high school and then you had a second life, or was it like high school family, the whole thing, and then you had a separate life from that? Like, did your um, parents know who there the is, real you were? There, was no, they've never known, but. The, <laughs> There was a part of my partying that was very much around my mother, and she's not an alcoholic at all. But um, there, okay, so there's a there's a Russian American community in the New Jersey, Pennsylvania, New York area that's huge, and I I'm very plugged into it, or I used to be. Um, and my, uh, oh, I don't know if I should say this. No, my dad will never hear this. My new stepdad, and my dad doesn't know my mom got remarried. Okay, it, this is fun. My new uh, stepdad. Out, I feel like there's going to be a call. In a <laughs> no, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Um, my new stepdad, uh, who I've actually known for like, I don't, I want to say like 20 years at this point, uh, ran a music festival circuit for the Russian American community. Okay. And it happened every time, Russian every year. Um, <laughs> it was like a whole big circuit and I went every year. And so it was like my, you know, my parents are my, well, my dad, uh, my parents got divorced early. My mom would go. And so she was there at the festival. So she right? would see you like, but then I would like go to the other campsites. Okay. So she knew I was drinking. She knew I was there. I don't think she knew that I was like, uh, protecting myself from rape as often as I was. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's and sometimes giving in. <laughs> <laughs> um but she was adjacent yeah part she was she was knowing adjacent yeah she just i think she didn't know the extent yeah i mean that happens a lot like my parents know i'm an alcoholic but then i'll tell a story like if we're all just hanging out and yeah it comes up you see how i am i'll be like oh my god this one time that reminds yeah. me this happened and then my dad will be like 
the fuck or my mom what the fuck's wrong with you and i'm yeah. like oh yeah sorry guys yeah and yes that happens to me too and i and i partially think that my mom also kind of tries to block out yeah, some of that absolutely. and she's a little bit she like pushes her ignorance a little bit farther than it actually is and th- so then outside of that there was a double life that developed that my mom definitely didn't know about like the stuff that uh would carry outside of the festivals. Like I made friends through that in Boston. I would go visit them in Boston. I would go drink with them. Mm -hmm. And then like Dina, I met through the festivals. And so it was, well, the Boston thing I wanted to talk about. So you would, this is at 16. Yeah. You would go down to Boston and like, yeah. What would you do in Boston? Um, okay. So I met these like Russian friends. I don't remember who I was honest with or not. Cause like I said, I've been living a double life since I was five. And I, I, I have lied a lot and I'm I I'm just I just wasn't brave enough to like live up to my truth so I became a, a good liar and I was very like mature for my age so what I'm saying is I was 16 I was pretending I was like 20 yeah and in college and all of these kids were in college so you just go down and party in Boston yeah and how I, would you get into clubs and stuff we don't need clubs we party at like house parties oh, okay okay yeah and so I'm gonna ask the obvious question that everyone's thinking. So you would just go to these college parties and just like hook up with like college guys and like party and stuff at 16? Yeah. God, that's nuts. I feel. <sighs> What's your concern? No, I have no concern. I'm just saying <laughs> that um, sometimes you'll be in an environment and the, oh it's dangerous out yeah, there i'm not talking about me i'm talking about the guys it's yeah it's a dangerous world out yeah, there you gotta yeah because i just i was thinking about it i didn't even think about the statutory rape aspect that's where i, I was going i mean i thought about it at the time i wasn't thinking about it now as i told the story yeah um because just as someone who did a lot of partying in college and stuff thinking back on it i'm like fuck like they're like everyone yeah. i slept with i knew from like classes and stuff like yeah, that yeah but i'm just saying like there's a lot of people that just show up to parties let me also say this um when i say sleeping with a lot like it was a lot for a 16 year old you know like <laughs> i also wasn't <laughs> It was not a lot for who I am now. (laughs) (laughs) It was, it was was like, I mean, also like I was not stupid hot, which was, you know, thank God if I was really hot, I would have been in trouble. Um, (laughs) So I would have been in serious trouble. Like Jane was super hot and she is still, I think still fucked up. Oh, from... I mean, I think so, Situations, yeah. yeah. From being like that kind of wild party girl when you're young and, and being you're super hot. hot and yeah. She, yeah, she was hot. I was her fat friend. It was like, I was safe. Anyways, so, um, <laughs> yeah, like college guys is one thing. I did sleep with like some older, older married men at the festivals. And when I say some, I want to say like one, but then like a bunch of other hookups that weren't sex. I'm not going to go into Yeah, details. you don't have to go into it. Well, now that you said that. <laughs> no, I'm just... No, but then... So, like, when I went to party in Boston, there was, like, there was one guy that I slept with that was older, and he knew that I was, like, suspiciously young. He wasn't... But he wasn't... I saw him the other day. He's married. He's... It's weird to see people age. He's, yeah. like... I, he's I, dead, I, dude. His eyes were dead. I have a whole thing about this. It's interesting with social media, especially now. Like, you, it'll be like, hey, you might know so-and-so. And I'll be like, oh, my God, I haven't yeah. seen that person since high school. And you click on it, and they're like... 
gained all this weight. Now they yeah. got a family. And I'm like, <laughs> sucks to suck. You were the yeah. hot person in high school. Now yeah. look at you. Yeah. So it wasn't like, it was just, it was a lot. Of, it was like crazy partying in this in the mind of a 16-year-old. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like I was... Um, well, I wanted to yeah. pivot. Speaking of crazy partying in the mind of a 16-year-old, you did take a trip around yes. that time. Was that 14 or 16? I just turned 18. Okay. I, it, was it was like I had just turned 18. Um, so I had just graduated high school. And one of these guys that from I met- From the Boston scene? He was from the New York scene, but he was at the the festival scene. Okay. Like they all, the yeah. Bo- Boston, New York, Philadelphia, that whole area, like the Russian community is connected. Okay. One community. Um, Almost like a mob. I'm just, I just like saying it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're not involved so- in the Russian mafia <laughs> in any capacity. So this guy, I'm going um, to walk out and there's going to be so, a windowless van and I'm going to get thrown into his it. His name is Dimitri. Yeah, of course. Um, it is. And you don't have to cut that out because they're all named Dimitri. Yeah. Also, this is no secret. So uh, I'm, so I was 18. Dimitri was 30. Get you some. That's crazy. Cause that's how old I am now. I, w- I was not sleeping with him. I had never, we never slept together. No, we I'm, never hooked no. up. No, we really never did. Um, but he had known me maybe for like on this <laughs> he had we had known each other for maybe like two or three years. So he knew like, anyways. So I for some in retrospect, this is a very sleazy guy. He never tried anything funny with me, but this is a sleazy. Uh, he was a weird dude, and for some reason, <laughs> a thirty-year-old hanging out with an eighteen-year-old. You don't say. He's I'm odd. telling you. I'm telling you. We never went like the no, sexual but I'm way, but it was still odd. Yes. I've had. You're probably the third or fourth female guest I've had on who's told a story similar to this. Yeah. Like, and it always that that's always said in the story. It's always like, yeah, he was 28 or he was 32 or he was 30 yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was 18 or 19. Turns out wasn't an awesome guy. And it's like and then they always said this. Uh, Katrina Davis was the best. She goes. Yeah, it turns out if you're 28 hanging out with 17 year olds and don't have a lot of your own friends, you're probably a creep. And I was like, yeah, maybe. I I don't agree with that. <laughs> I really don't. But um, Dimitri was a an interesting guy. Also, I have a seventeen year old uh, daughter, eight, eight, stepsister now, my oh, okay. new stepsister, and I hang out with her all the time. <laughs> and that's obviously like different. But I I get it. Anyways, this is a very like complicated gray area for America right now. Also, in the Russian community, um, it's <laughs> don't diff- throw don't throw Russia under the bus. But it's different. But it's different. It it's is. it's that that doesn't make it just like fine, but it's not the same as American. It's a different culture, yeah. Yeah. Um so anyways, so he and I decided, by which I mean I told him, uh, I want to go on a road trip. I'm like I just graduated high school, I wanna go do something fun. Yeah. Um and he said, uh, cool, like sh- let's go to Quebec City. Let's like just take a road trip, hang hang out, have party, have fun. How long's that drive? Um I have no idea. Yeah, I couldn't. I mean, at this point, I could say it's eight hours to Montreal and then probably five more to Quebec City. Okay. So it's so like it's, a road it's trip several road days. Trip. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. I show up at his house with like a little backpack and I, I tell my mom, I tell my mom like most of what's happening. Like I'm going on a road trip with this guy, which I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> so we, I show up to his house in Brooklyn. We drive. Basically, like halfway to Canada, he reveals that it's not his car. (sighs) 
It's not his car. I like, and I didn't really ask questions. Also, he drives like a maniac. He drives like a Russian from Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, That's a very specific <laughs> driving. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. Almost um, like you're trying to escape communism. Hey-ho! No? So, no. so we get to Canada. <laughs> they here's the thing. I've went to Can I've been to Canada a bunch of times. I'm not um allowed. they yeah. I'm not allowed. I'm sure there's a great story there. They <laughs> they let you in easily. Yeah. Canada is very open. Coming back from Canada is always a problem. I've Ameri- heard this about Mexico too. Really? Caitlin Plufo got arrested in Mexico because of that. <laughs> Yeah, that, yeah. Get like America has a lot more um, discernment. <laughs> yeah. So we like basically we go to Montreal. We party in Montreal. Um, we party in Quebec City. We're ha- like basically having a blast. Everything normal. Everything fine. On our way back. So you get in okay. Everything's yeah. good. You're just having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, like fun. And we had and there the like one of the music festivals that we went to was just like a week ago before that. I think that's how we made the plan. It was like okay. last minute. Um, and I, since I knew the people that run the festival, I had like, I helped them sell merch. Mm. I was like running one of the merch stands. Anyways, so um, so we're coming back into the US and uh, things get dicey because what they see at the border is uh, an 18 year old with a 30 year old man uh, with a car that doesn't belong to either of them. And the car was a friend of a friend of a friend's who let him uh, like park it in his garage while they went to Russia. Sorry. It's okay. While they went to Russia for like a month. So they didn't know he had it. They knew that he, he it should have been parked. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. so now so now Border Patrol has to call them. They're in Russia. And yeah, they're like, you leave your car with a friend, you're going on a vacation for a month. And then you get a call saying your car's in Canada. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> yeah, and so the person is like, "My car? What? Where?" They weren't. So, which it. is a bad response. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> You're looking for the oh no, Dimitri. Yeah, we let him borrow the car. Yeah. Not what? That's not. Yeah, that's not the response that we got. Um, and so they separated us. They interrogated us. But essentially, they uh, were certain that this is my pimp and that I'm an 18 year old hooker. And you're going to America to make some money. I mean, we were both, I was actually not even a citizen at the time. Like, but they knew that we were Americans. And How is that? That's an interesting thing I want to touch on. How do you get into Canada? Do you have a Russian passport? Do you have an American visa? I had a green card. Okay. Yeah, I was here on green card for a long time. Okay. Yeah. He was a citizen, I think. Okay. Actually, he wasn't because... This fucking idiot. Here's the thing: is he was like a he was um not as scared of these cops as I was, like yeah. border patrol, um and because I was I was not terrified, but I was like, yeah, let's just do what they want and leave. And he was looking to mess with them, so they asked him where he was born, and he gave one answer, and then a minute later he gave a different answer. Oh, really, <laughs> Dimitri? Like, and it was like, wh- like one of them was Kharkov, one of them was Kiev, and it was so it's like. Uh, anyways, he was being dumb on purpose. He was being difficult. Um, so how oh, long did they Ukrainian. keep you? I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah um, it was. I mean, it was like it was more that. your friend. You went on a friendly road trip with the Ukrainian. The world's oh my, coming come together. Come on, any listen, any this is if you take nothing else away from you, Russian people and Amer and and Ukrainian people 
we're not sometimes we call ourselves brothers we're not brothers we're one people i'm being serious right now and we're not brother nations we are one pe- that's why we should be one country <laughs> <laughs> I saw you snuck it in there. But uh, but I'm serious. It's like I there is no there is nobody in Russia that wishes ill upon Ukraine. Nobody. There is nobody in Russia that doesn't have Ukrainian friends and most of them have Ukrainian blood. Family. Like, yeah. yeah. I of course I grew up around Ukrainians. I know a million of those fuckers. They suck. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I don't even, I don't, and half of Ukraine speaks Russian. That's, okay. Um, so you're with so the Ukrainian. Yes, so Dmitry, I mean, are... I don't think of him that way. It's Dmitry. <laughs> you said it was such a negative connotation. <laughs> I don't think of him like a I don't think, you're not Ukrainian. black to me. <laughs> you're just my buddy. Yeah, that's right, that's right. So Dmitry and I. Um, How did you get out? So they had separated us. They interrogated us for hours. Um, Officer Tulip. That was his name. Her, yeah, one of, the, one of the chicks, Officer Tulip. She was a real bitch. That's her job, to be a real bitch. They ransacked <laughs> really the car. Is. They're like several German shepherds just tearing the car apart. By the way, they stole our fucking cigarettes. Did they? Yeah. We, Did- had, we had like several packs of cigarettes, and they left the pack, and it was empty. Fuckers. Which is a weird way to steal a pack, but... <clears throat> yeah, they really did. They ransacked the car. One of the things they found in the car when they were searching my things, like my little backpack, is a, a notebook um, that had a list of names and prices. Oh, no. And the, because I was selling merch yeah. at the festival, so I kept a list of artists that I owe money to. Yeah. And it really just looked like a hooker's book. Yeah, like a John's. It really like did. John's, yeah. And it had like phone numbers next. And yeah, so that's one of the things that piques their interest. Um, yeah, so they cert- they like tore everything apart. Um, found a lot of cash because Dimitri likes to gamble. He won some cash in Montreal. Um, so this is just adding up to look very bad. Yeah, the whole thing looks awful. Yeah. The whole So they kept us for a long time um and then they just let us go. Oh, really? Like 10 yeah, like 10 hours later or something they just had to let us go. It's like one of those things where it's like, yeah, technically all these things you're doing are not illegal, but when you put them all together, yeah. it looks very very that's illegal. That's yeah, that's all it was. It just looked really bad. God. So you made it back. <laughs> yeah. Safe and sound. Yeah. I wanted to um just touch on we've got a few minutes left. I wanted to touch on the uh professor thing yeah um, because you said you had mentioned that you had won some awards yeah being I a taught, was this at columbia or no, no this was i at, taught uh, at umass yeah and i taught high 100% this is when you were in grad school yeah so when you're in grad school you're not only taking classes and doing research but you're also teaching classes yeah, okay. yeah. to the undergrads yeah the little fucking snot they were all older than me too. Oh, really? Yeah, because I was a yeah, I was a wonder kid. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Big Bang Theory. We've all... <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of them were older than me, but I didn't let them know that. Yeah, I taught high the vast majority of the time, and I got like a few teaching awards. That's awesome. Cause I, cause I was, cause it was like it was great. I was talking to them. Yeah, I, I tried. So I put feeling into it. I was gonna say, what was the difference between teaching high and then when you went to Columbia and you were getting high every day? You said you were such an awful employee. Because what I was, was doing research. Okay, so you were more teaching you, is fun. Teaching yeah. is talking about stuff that you already know. Yeah, research is 
work. Yeah. Okay. So it's the difference between open mics and actual shows. I have always tried to relate everything to comedy. I'm sorry about that. No, that's fine. That um, It's the difference between um, editing uh, a set that you already did yeah. versus a whole new five minutes. Okay. I got you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, but the weed has backfired on you. Yeah. As you alluded to yeah. earlier. Yeah. I have not smoked weed since... Um, it's October now, so since... April, I want to oh, wow. say. Um, it's probably the longest stretch of sobriety that I have. Um, and I feel good. I feel like I don't need to do it anymore. And it, I do find, even though, like, I know that weed is, um, I, sometimes I, like, I don't even really tell people about this because a lot of people are like, oh, it's just weed, whatever. Yeah. But, uh, like, <clears throat> I will no. I will find a way for it to ruin my life. Like I, I can't stop. I just, I get way too high, and then it's just it ruins my life in that like, I'll, I'll find a way to lose a job over it. Yeah, and then disgrace myself. Because you had mentioned this, and that's something that I, I've talked to people about. Because when I was in college, I was the drinker, and my roommate Sean Murphy was the smoker. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, like if I'd wake up and I was super hungover, he'd be like, "Here, let's like let's hit the gravity bomb or something, whatever." But I'd get way too high. People are like, it's weed. You can't get way too high. But you said that you've oversmoked a few times, and that's how you ended up like throwing up at that comedy club. And like, yeah, like, yeah. So that's a thing. That is a real thing. I'm not making it up, Sean. It's just certain people. Like, people literally just metabolize weed differently. Yeah. And alcohol differently, actually. And that's why I'm not an alcoholic. I just don't have like the gene. Um, But for weed, yeah, I I will. I've crashed cars high. I'll go like full. Full out. <laughs> How did you end up? I'm interested about the the comedy club there. How did you end up like smoking so much that you would throw up? Would you be on stage? Okay, and just I vomit? looked this yeah. up. No, not on stage. Thankfully, I looked this up. But like a rare, there's a rare amount of people that get nauseous from too much weed, and I'm one of them. So if you're I, always in the rare air, <laughs> if I oversmoke, um. I get nauseous and I throw up. And so like in the in the last several years I've just known how much to do. Yeah. I know how much to do. Yeah. <laughs> That's You're a rare <laughs> That's what addicts say. I know how much to do. But um, I know my limit. You don't <clears throat> tell right, me my limit. I right, know my right. limit. Right, right. I know my body, yeah. right? Um God, if I had a nickel for every time I said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. And don't get don't get me started on I could stop when I want to. Anyway. <laughs> so um but in the early like when I was starting doing comedy when I was smoking the most I, um, yeah, I would oversmoke every time. So we would go to Bishop's Lounge, shout out Bishop's Lounge, and I smoke someone else's weed on the porch, um, which something that uh, like a street person taught me in New York is if you didn't see it rolled, don't smoke it. Yeah, 100%. We've all seen Training Day. I didn't follow that rule at all. And I, I think a few times it was mixed with something because I was like way up. But most of the time it's just someone else's weed and I would get way too high. Because it's easy to get too high when someone else's weed because yeah. you don't know. How. And then um, I would just be, I would literally be like dizzy. I don't know who gets dizzy off weed if that's common or not. But I would be extremely dizzy, extremely out in space, like super, super fucked up. And then... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so this club was on the third floor of a building. Yeah. Um, which is kind of rare. It's a bar. It was hopping. They had a porch 
and there were other floors to the building. There was restaurants on other floors mm. of the building. So I would go into the stairwell and I had puking spots in the stairwell. Oh, man. It was carpeted too. Oh. <laughs> So the basically, I did this so often that it became a known thing at Bishop's Lounge that there's like a puking bandit, um, and <laughs> puking bandit, and nobody knew it was me. So I and so the the stairwell was one of my spots. The other, this kept happening to me. I would go into the bathroom to puke. I would be like lucky enough that there's not a line. I get in there. There's there's a toilet, a garbage can. And I would puke in the sink. Oh, come on, <laughs> Anya. Well, that's all the time I'm we so have. sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Plug everything one more time. Uh, now I don't want people to find me. <laughs> <laughs> um, my name is Anya Jones. Uh, you can go to my website, lifeofanya.com. <laughs> I'm so much better now. Well, yeah, you are, but that's what the show's all about. Yeah. Reminiscing on old stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm much better now. Um, and at lifeofanya.com, uh, you could see my podcast live and unqualified, which you can also find on Instagram at live and unqualified. Um, and my Instagram is at Anya Jones and Jones is with a zero A N Y A J zero N E S. Perfect. Thank you everybody so much for listening at Brennan T comedy on all social media, Brennan T comedy.com. Get your ex drinking buddy merch, subscribe on Patreon and check out the one man show coming in January. We will talk to y'all next week. Hell yeah. <laughs>